Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Today we're going to revisit the increasingly popular topic of acupuncture from a show we first aired in 2010. Acupuncture. For thousands of years, people in the East have used this ancient art of healing. Here in Hawaii, we're at the crossroads of where the East meets the West, and there are many practitioners of acupuncture right here in Hawaii. But how does this treatment actually work, and why? For some medical problems, there's even evidence that it might work better than anything else with the least amount of side effects. Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Atello of Acupuncture Holly are here in the studio with us today, here to talk about the ins and outs of acupuncture treatment and how this might be helpful in the treatment plan for a variety of different illnesses, maybe even one you have right now. You can join our conversation at 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes. Michelle and Dave, welcome to the show. Thank Hello. you, Kathy. First, in some medical news, in a follow-up from last week's discussion on immunizations, the Advisory Committee on the Immunization Practices for the Centers for Disease Control just released a recommendation that meningococcal vaccination boosters be given every five years after the initial shot, up to age 21, to protect against a loss of immunity that might occur after the vaccine is given. Meningococcal meningitis is a concern particularly for college-age students who are at the highest risk if living in dorms or other close quarters. Recent data has suggested that the vaccine might wear off after five years, thus the recommendation for a booster. Not everyone on the panel was for it, however, some citing an increase in cost as one of their concerns. The Women's Health Initiative, a trial which was stopped in 2005, reported in the Journal of the American Medical Association that not only was there a greater risk of breast cancer in women who were taking estrogen and progesterone hormones after menopause, but analysis of over 80% of the original participants who agreed to be followed showed that there's a greater risk of node-positive cancer in addition to a mortality from breast cancer in this group of hormone users. Current guidelines do not support the long-term continued use of estrogen or progesterone for menopausal symptoms in women, but this is the first report on the mortality data from that study. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show. We're in the studio today with Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Vitello, practitioners at Acupuncture Halle, a community-based clinic here in Hawaii. If you've ever considered having acupuncture but haven't tried it yet, what would you want to know about the procedure? You can ask our experts now at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Michelle and Dave, welcome again to The Body Show. Thanks Hi, for having thank us. Thank you. Acupuncture involves inserting extremely thin needles into the skin at strategic points in the body. This technique was originated in China thousands of years ago, but over the past few decades, its popularity has grown significantly in the U.S. Dave, traditional theories have explained acupuncture as a way to balance the flow of energy in the body. Can you describe this a little more? Sure. Um, when people ask me how acupuncture works, I tend to give an explanation that involves two kind of theories. Traditionally, they believed uh, there was a meridian system or flow of energy through the body, and if that became stagnated, one couldn't get ill or um, even have some psychological illness. Um, more modern attempts kind of look at endorphins, muscle releasing, 
and myofascial release in an effort to kind of balance the body. Michelle, how does acupuncture actually work? Is it the insertion of needles that stimulates something along these meridians or something in the nerves of the body? Well, nobody really knows exactly how acupuncture works. Um, some say, you know, that, like Dave was saying, that it, it helps move the energy within those meridians. Um, inserting the needles in specific points can release blockages, um, augment deficiencies, um, and correct imbalances of what we call qi in Chinese medicine. Um, so it, each point has a specific action uh, and then as a whole helps move that qi in the body so that the body can then take care of itself. Dave, how do you know where to put the needles? Well, it's it's been uh, an investigation of China for thousands of years and continues to be an investigation over here. I would say one of the main and best methods is through palpation. Um, the Chinese texts have indications of saying, for example, three inches to the left of the tibia. You use that as a guide uh, guide marker, but it's really felt through palpation and finding certain points that are reactive on a person, and then you stimulate that gently with a needle. Michelle, I'm sure you've heard from people that they're most concerned about certain things when they want to have acupuncture, like does it hurt or, or how big is the needle? How do you answer those sorts of questions when people are concerned about it? Yeah, we get we get those questions a lot, especially because people are used to the, the larger hypodermic needles that are used in Western medicine um, that are more painful than what we use in, in Chinese medicine. The needles that we use are very fine, hair, hair-like. Um, so when, when people ask about whether it hurts, you know, the, the answer to that question varies. A lot of people don't feel anything. They, um, a lot of people just feel like the, and the sensation of qi, which is kind of like some pressure. Um, and, there, you know, there's, there's always some people who, who are a little more sensitive and might feel it some, but uh, n- not at all like what they feel with within Western medicine and the hypodermic needles that are much larger. I actually did a a little test recently, um, and I was able to fit three acupuncture needles just in the hole of a hypodermic needle. So if that gives you kind of any idea of how small the needles are. They must be pretty tiny. Now, are they hollow or are they solid? They're they're a solid needle. Solid Um, needles. Very fine, solid needle. Have you had acupuncture yourself? Oh, I've had lots of acupuncture myself, yes. Can you do it on yourself? I do it on myself, yes. Oh, okay. I have to stay healthy myself, yeah. I must say, it's kind of like massaging yourself, so you don't get the full kind of effect to relax and, you know, receive a treatment. You can get some therapeutic benefit, but there's nothing like getting a treatment from someone else and being able to really enjoy it. Well, sure, and there's <laughs> parts of the body that you probably can't That's reach true. if you were trying yes. to do acupuncture of the middle of your back. I think yep. that might be uh, kind of difficult. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with acupuncture practitioners Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Atello. What would you be worried about if you were going to have acupuncture? Share your story with us at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Dave, describe for me the typical initial acupuncture visit. Uh, Well, you arrive at the office, and there's quite a lot of paperwork, as with any medical office, um, asking, you know, complete health history and 
various information like that. After you fill that out, we talk to you probably for about 15 minutes and get a pretty extensive health history, family history, go over your medications, go over supplements, go over Western diagnosis. Um, and about and after that, we will do tongue and pulse, which are more of the traditional Chinese medical um, ways to uh, review disease. And then that's really about it. Maybe some palpation of the body if someone's coming in for pain to check out the tissue and structure. What are you looking at on the tongue? So it's pretty comprehensive and it's pretty in-depth. But, for example, if someone has a very red tongue in Chinese medicine, it can uh, indicate a lot of inflammation or what they would call a lot of heat. Somebody has a purple tongue, obviously it means a blood flow issue. Maybe they have a heart issue. Um, Sometimes it's really uh, pale and kind of wet with a lot of older people, which can kind of indicate a general deficiency in their body. So there's a lot of things you can tell just by looking at the tongue. Yeah, there's even zones. They have it all mapped out in zones where the tip will represent heart, sides represent liver. So you, you can kind of zero in on different organs as well. We have Jeff on the line from Kailua. Jeff, welcome to The Body Show. Thanks. What can we do for you today? Um, I was uh, interested in what kind of uh, evidence they have of the efficacy of acupuncture. That's a really good question, Jeff. And, you know, I was talking with a, with a colleague about that earlier. Uh, Michelle, what are your thoughts on the efficacy of acupuncture? What sort of studies do you know of that they've done? It's very difficult to apply studies to acupuncture in the same way that studies are applied within Western medicine and that kind of science. Um, One way I always answer that question is thousands of years of use and results. Um, There's also been some, you know, they they try, it's very difficult to do mock um, acupuncture or um, sham acupuncture because uh, often any you you get some result whether you put it in the right point or not so it's going to move the chi and the person's going to feel something um so i you know for me i always just say the history the time you know my patients get better that's how i know it works my patients leave and they say wow my back feels better or oh my headache's gone or um you know, they I have a lot more energy, or they come back the next week and say, "I finally got to sleep all night." You know, so um, I I base my results on the feedback from my patients. Yeah, it's a really uh, difficult question, Jeff. Part of the trouble is, in standard medicine, we do something we call placebo controlled. So you do you give a person a medicine, and then the other person you give them something that looks just like it, but it just so happens to not have the active ingredient. But you know, as Michelle mentioned, it's really hard to to kind of do a acupuncture procedure without really doing acupuncture. It's kind of hard to compare the two. Dave, do you know of any uh, studies that have been done? Yeah, there's actually quite a lot of research being done because acupuncture is kind of a hot topic in uh, medicine field. If you do Medline searches, there are studies coming out all the time. There was one I read last week between acupuncture and Effexor. Acupuncture outproved it. Um, and there's quite a lot in the past as well. So if you really do a research, you will find good studies that effica- uh, show its efficacy. You will find controversial studies and studies as well uh, experimenting on what is working. Is It's difficult often to get good placebos and get good studies. So, Well, I, th- I thank you for bringing that up, Jeff. That's a really important point. Thanks for calling in today. 
Oh, I had another kind of to continue that. Would that be all right? Sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, really, you know, I'm pretty familiar with uh, the literature. Um, you know, for example, there was a, a recent New England Journal of Medicine article where it kind of did a um, basically kind of a clinical review, and they did some meta-analysis um, of acupuncture, you know, all the, the current literature. And, you know, from reading that article and then also from my you know research as well, um, you know, to me at least, you know, it seems pretty clear um, that when you compare it with a placebo, um, you know, at best, um, you know, it's equally efficacious. And as well, you know, when you try and <clears throat> I understand it's definitely a difficult thing to um, to study because, of, you know, there's actually this, you know, physical manipulation with the body. But um, what I would ask would be, you know, how do you explain um, when they do a lot of these studies, the best studies, and then they'll use the placebo, they'll use, have one trained practitioner use the meridians and other known points, and then they'll have another one just put needles anywhere. And then they've even had studies where they use toothpicks, um, some good studies where they use toothpicks and touch people randomly as well as on the meridians. And there's absolutely no difference in efficacy. You know, how do you, how do you explain that? Well, Michelle, do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. Um, you know, I recently read an article in the New York Times where they did a study. Um, they did it on knee pain. And, again, creating a placebo group was was is just about impossible. In that study, they, they administered acupuncture to the knee along with some electrical stimulation attached to the needles. And in that study, the placebo group received acupuncture um, in slightly different points around the knee, and they used a lower frequency on the e stem. And so really, in fact, there was no control group in that study. The, I, I don't know of using e stem and not getting some type of effect from that, no matter where. As a matter of fact, I did a knee last week, and when I turned on the e stem for the patient. It was a little uncomfortable on one needle, so I moved the needle, and I was like, you know, really, with what we're doing here, it doesn't have to be in the point. Um, the electrical stimulation is still going to go through. It's still going to take care of your pain and your inflammation, whether it's exactly on the point or not. So, you know, I don't, I'd have to look at each study, but I know in that most recent one that I read, there, because they still put needles on the knee and used that electrical stimulation, I'd I don't see any placebo group being created. So, and and it's very difficult to create a placebo group with with acupuncture. Well, Jeff, do you have any other follow up thoughts? I'm sorry. Do you have any other follow up thoughts for us, Jeff? Um, well, I guess um, you know uh, you know a couple things. One would be, I guess that uh, you know using um, you know stimulation points that are not along those meridians. I feel like is a is a good test of the basic concept, and and you know it it, it has failed consistently um, uh, to show any sort of difference in efficacy. You know, utilizing the basic theories um, as well. Um, you know, also the point was made earlier that um, you know because it's been being used for a long time, that you know that's an indication that it's effective. But um, you know, there's a lot of you know, examples of that, you know, for example, you know, uh, we used to bleed people for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to treat different, you know, issues, and everyone seemed to think that people got better. But, 
you know, we know now that bleeding people obviously is not effective medicine. So um, what what is it about acupuncture that kind of gives it a free pass? Well, you know, Jeff, that's a really, really good question, and I don't know if it definitely has a free pass. Dave, do you know of any other information that would suggest that acupuncture might be more effective than placebo, for example? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure it's getting a free pass either. Um, I mean, placebo is a tricky thing, even in Western medicine, and it's very difficult to isolate it, isolate the effects of an interaction and having a treatment. So, I don't know, I, I struggle with it as well, but I don't think it's getting a free pass at this point. Well, again, I want to thank you for calling, Jeff. You know, everybody has uh, their own thoughts on different types of medicine. And, you know, for some people, acupuncture has really helped them a lot. And maybe for others, they haven't noticed the effect. But uh, but we appreciate your thoughts. Thanks a lot hey, for calling you. today, Jeff. I appreciate you talking to me. Have a good day. You too. Michelle, you know, we talked about what type of needles are used and how big and small they are. Um, how deep does it go in? Um, it varies on the location of the body and the effect and where the point is. So, and the point is different on everybody. So, I, even that can kind of go to Jeff's question too, and in, in not being able to um, create a placebo effect because meridians aren't exact in the body, and that's one reason why we palpate the area so that we know that we're we're on a point or not because you can't go by the book. So, you know, it, um, some places it's 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 superficial right under the skin. Other places um, uh, in the hips and things, sometimes a couple of inches, um, depending on the area and, and what point you're trying to get to. Dave, do you feel sleepy and tired afterwards, or are you generally okay to drive and okay to go about your activities? Definitely okay to drive. You'll feel relaxed. There's an endorphin response, uh, which you'll feel relaxed by more than usual, but it's not enough to affect any type of talking, driving, or anything like that. Is there an immediate effect, or might you notice something a few hours later? Should be immediate, especially with pain. Uh, you'll see pain levels go down upon the first three needles. Um, and then you look into the effects of how long that actually lasts. And it's different per case and different per person. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to a rebroadcast from 2010, so we won't be taking any calls, but keep listening for some great information about acupuncture and how it may just improve your health. There are a lot of strange things in the world of business and commerce, you know, things you've always wanted to figure out but could never quite understand, like... I've always wondered why the United States hasn't gone metric. I'm Kai Rizdal. Questions from you answered in our new series, I've Always Wondered. It's next time on Marketplace from APN. This evening at 6, following The Body Show. Public radio, I think, is just a wonderful station. It's something that really starts my day, and I look forward to listening to it. So on my way to work, it's public radio that's on, and then also on the way back home from work. So I start the day with public radio and end the day with public radio. I, I wish that I could listen to it during work, but of course I would not be able to have any work done if I listened to public radio the whole day. Listener supported. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show. 
Each week we talk about how to stay healthy, but nothing replaces a visit to your own personal doctor. We're here in the studio with Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Vitello, practitioners at Acupuncture Hale here in Hawaii. If you have a question or want to know if acupuncture can help you, join our conversation at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Before the break, we were talking about the actual type of acupuncture visit and what sorts of treatments are provided. Dave, how many treatments are generally needed, or is this more of a maintenance process? A uh, course of treatments is generally 10 to 12. Uh, of course, that varies per case and per person, uh, person. Maintenance is required for some cases. I mean, if somebody's been dealing with an issue for two or more years, they're probably going to need treatment for two or more years. Um, but generally, you get the course of treatment relatively close together and then can come in once a month, once every two months. And each treatment would be similar to the initial one? Uh, we're always kind of looking at tongue and pulse and adjusting as necessary. Some people will start off actually with a lot of kind of inflammation and a lot of what we call excess symptoms. And after a while, they'll kind of go away and you'll see them maybe show more signs of uh, deficiency. So then our protocol changes to more of a supplement, uh, supplement, supplementation and tonification. We have Masayo on the line from Honolulu. Masayo, welcome to The Body Show. Yes, hello? Yes, Masayo, what can we do for you today? Uh, yes, I wanted to uh, ask, ask uh, whether acupuncture can um, um, uh, relieve pain that's been caused by uh, surgical pins inserted to stabilize fractures of the pelvis and the sacroiliac joint. I had an auto accident, so... Um, now I'm having pains from, uh, I think it's from from the pins, I'm not sure, because uh, otherwise I, everything else is fine. Well, that's a really good question, Masayo. Dave, do you have any thoughts on whether or not acupuncture can relieve pain in somebody who has a pin placed from an accident? Uh, we actually see that quite a lot. Um, there's a lot of procedures that are leaving metals in the body. What will happen is the muscles around it get kind of agitated in the tissue, and they'll start to tighten up. So even though you have maybe an issue with in that local area, lots of the muscles around it will kind of start to spasm. So I would do some self-massage. Um, one of the greatest things acupuncture uh, works really well is actually releasing muscles. We do what's called trigger point therapy, which would be palpating the tight uh, muscles around the area, needling into them, getting the muscle to fasciculate and lengthen and actually retraining those muscles to be in their original lengthened state. Um, so that's how I would approach it. There's also uh, distal kind of traditional points in Chinese medicine that for, are for systemic pain and points in the ear as well. So I, with that combination, we can kind of get at the whole thing. And we, what it'll do is release a lot of endorphins from a, a larger perspective, and the pain levels will come down for uh, sometimes an hour, sometimes more. So in addition to releasing the muscles, you also kind of get that general sense of pain relief, naturally. <laughs> well, Masayo, I hope that helps you with the, uh, the pain that you have from the surgical pins. It sounds like there might be some potential relief by trying some acupuncture. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Yeah. 
Do you think acupuncture might help you with your illness? You can ask our practitioners at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. We have Jennifer on the line from Ebba Beach. Jennifer, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for calling. What can we do for you today? Actually, I just had a comment to... I, I would encourage your listeners to try acupuncture, even if they're afraid of the needles. I, for years, suffered with chronic back pain and um, was getting really tired of the cortisone shots and the really heavy medications they would put me on for the back pain, and it was not working because I had two little kids to take care of of my own. So I talked myself into just facing the needles, going to get some acupuncture done, and your guest is absolutely correct. Within the first three needles, the pain was gone, and it has been gone for over a year now. So I encourage your listeners to try it. That's a really great point, Jennifer. Uh, I appreciate you you doing that. Now, what made you finally decide to get over the fear of the needles? I Well, I had been thinking about it off and on, and I had done massage, but massage would relieve the pain for, like, the day, but then the next day it would all cramp up again. And so I knew I needed to do something a little stronger, but I didn't want to continue the pharmaceutical version of it because I didn't like how groggy I was feeling all the time. So I kind of bucked up and did it. It sounds like that's uh, that's some great advice for anybody who's afraid of the needles. You know, like you mentioned, there might be less side effects from acupuncture than there might be from some of the medicines it sounds like you were on. Thanks for uh, sharing that comment with us, Jennifer. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Michelle, I bet you often hear about stories from your patients where they come in and they say, you know, I was having some pain and now it's really felt a lot better. What are some of the most common conditions that you see in your practice that tend to respond to acupuncture pretty well? Well, I see a wide variety of conditions. Um, pain is one everybody knows about that acupuncture treats. Um, back pain, neck pain, hip pain, sciatica, headache. Um, I also do a lot of support through chemotherapy and radiation that, that helps people get through those treatments easier. Um, we do, you know, migraines or um, we also at the Acupuncture Holly do have an addiction treatment program. Um, it's very effective for addiction, digestive issues. Um, oh, it goes on. <laughs> There's... There's a lot of things. We see a, a, a big mix of, you know, colds and fevers and, um, yeah. All sorts of different things. Yeah. Dave, how about yourself? Yeah, I would say the top three I see and that I see acupuncture work the best for would be pain, headaches, um, and stress. I think it's kind of known in the population as, you know, coming for pain. So it does work quite well, and in China – they use it definitely for pain as a uh, primary kind of treatment. But it's, it's definitely can treat internal disorders as well. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show. In the studio with me today is Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Vitello, acupuncture practitioners here in Hawaii. Have you ever had acupuncture? What was your experience like? You can tell your story with us today at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Michelle, are there any risks of acupuncture? Could there be bleeding, pain, or even infections? 
Um, I guess any kind of medical procedure has its risks. I've never experienced anybody have a problem, but um, we, you know, we use sterile needles and we clean the site uh, where we place the needles in the body with alcohol. So risk of infection is is pretty low, but it potentially could happen. I haven't seen it, but it, there is that it could. Um, Sometimes you, uh, there's a lot of blood vessels, so there's the, always the potential of maybe some bruising or something from from um, needling into a blood vessel. Uh, again, the needle's small, so um, it's usually pretty um, small, small chance of that. Yeah. Dave, are there any people who would not be good candidates for acupuncture, people with certain medicines or something else that might interfere with their treatment? No, not that really comes to mind. Um, yeah, nothing I've really – I would just like to say for our education, we actually have to do a four-year master's, um, and the credit hours with that are equal to a chiropractor who you know, is able to call themselves doctors. So we are practicing at a pretty advanced level. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, a course you take for a couple months and finish up like that. So we, we learn where to needle, where not to needle, what uh, – precautions to look for. We have Ron on the line from West Maui. Ron, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Thanks for calling today. What can we do for you? Well, I have had a strange thing. I've had uh, gone through the Western medicine uh, dance trying to to fix my little malady that I have here. I've lost my sense of taste for salt and sugar. And I was wondering if acupuncture might be a a way to uh, get my sense of taste back. Well, that's an interesting question. Michelle or Dave, people who lose their sense of taste, could acupuncture help them? You know, I've actually seen this a few times, It's and I think people seek out acupuncture for something like that because it's just kind of like, what's, why, you know, it's it's a strange problem, Western medicine doesn't end, and acupuncture, kind of the way we diagnose um you know, looking at the whole system and correcting that uh, can explain why something like that can happen. And so I have I have treated that, and I've seen some good results. David, you strangely enough, I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, I think I saw two cases of it. One person responded well; one did not. I think it tends to be a neurological thing. Um, but I think I did a protocol with him on the ear to kind of. Uh, reawaken the kind of uh, ear zone in the brain. They map out ear points to specific locations in the brain, and that worked really uh, well. Actually, the tongue location on the ear. So it worked really well for one guy, but, you know, cases are specific, so I'm not sure what kind of caused yours, if it was some type of toxin or if it came on sudden onset. Um, You want to talk about that at all? Yes, thank you. Ron, are you still... On the line, did you have any reason why you lost your sense of taste? No, I have no idea. No idea. Just suddenly came on? It just it happened within a few days. Hmm. Well, it sounds like both Dave and Michelle have seen people in that same predicament, and they have been able to help some of those folks. So I do hope that you're able to maybe find an acupuncturist in West Maui who might be able to help you try and fix this problem. Well, I'll go look for one. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for calling today, Ron. I appreciate you sharing your experience. Thanks, Ron. We have Rona on the line from Ka'alu. Rona, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, 
Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a quick question. Um, like the caller before that was uh, previously concerned about the needles and then just jumped right in. I was wondering, though, have you all heard of, um, say, any efficacy or studies on the um, for some of the alternative type things that, that also stimulate the meridians, like acupressure? I think there's even like a laser one um, and that sort of thing for people who are afraid of the needle. <laughs> That's a real good question, Rona. Michelle, acupressure, does that work as well as acupuncture, or are there other treatments that might not involve needles? Um, you know, I think it really varies on the person. So acupressure certainly does work. There's some people who respond to that and sometimes even better to that. Um, so it, it it depends on the person. Everybody, there there are people who respond differently to different types of modalities and different ways of stimulating the points and um, often it doesn't have to involve the needles. Well, Rona, that might work for you. There might be a treatment that is needle-free for the people who don't like to have needles. Did you have any other questions for us today, Rona? Um, no, that's it. Thank you. Well, thanks for calling today. If you want to know if acupuncture might be able to help you, we have Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Atello in the studio today. You can join our conversation at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Dave, we talked a little bit about, you mentioned the training needed to become an acupuncture therapist. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it's a four-year program. Um, I would say about a quarter of that program is master's-level pathophysiology from a Western perspective. So we do get quite a bit of that. Um, Other focuses are herbal medicine, acupuncture point location, um, traditional Chinese medical theory. So it's a full-time program. And, you know, at the end of it, I think we're really uh, prepared and the schools in the States are only getting better each year. How long did you say it takes? It's a four-year master's. Um, The controversial thing actually we're pushing for right now is to have that education equal a doctorate. Um, A chiropractor goes the same amount of time of four years, and when they get done school, they can call themselves a doctor. Um, However, we are still just a licensed acupuncturist. Now, do you have to practice under someone for a while after school? Michelle, after you finish, did you did you have an apprenticeship or an internship of sorts? Um, you have a three-year internship uh, during your four-year master program. So um, after your first, first year, uh, you receive an intern license and uh, have three years of, of an internship. Um, also, to kind of go along with Dave, I'm going to kind of like <laughs> – Dave and I disagree on the on the doctoral program that they're trying to pass. So um, – and, and I do think that uh, acupuncture does need a little help in, in, in the amount of, that we're given as far as respect and how much schooling we've done and all of that. And at the same time, it's, it's a little battle with the doctorate program. There's some of us who are concerned about – uh, that happening and that increasing the cost for school and for treatments and insurance getting involved and, and all of the repercussions that can come along with them wanting to change it to a doctoral program and 
and mostly the expense and the cost that that will be for, for the practitioners and for the patients potentially down the line. What type of certification is usually given? Is there a national certifying body? Um, there's the NCCAOM, which is which is a national certification, and that requires, oh, they changed the tests. When I did it, it was five. I think now it's four. They combined two of the tests. Um, so there are board exams that you take when you uh, when you complete your school, or I did it in my last year of school. Um, and different states have varying uh, regulations on on what you need to uh, some some require the national certification. Some states have their own state certification. Can anyone learn how to do acupuncture? Sure, anybody who wants to go to school for over four years, you know, because obviously, you know, four years master program, you have to you have to do the bachelor's first. So, I mean, you know, I I don't know anybody who can't. Do you have any? Sure. How much does a treatment generally cost? In Seattle, uh, the average treatment I would say was between eighty and one twenty-five, one hundred and twenty-five. Um, insurance typically in Seattle reimbursed anywhere from fifty to seventy-five, sometimes eighty. Um, I'm not sure how it's going in Honolulu. I've only been back for two months, but I think it's comparable. Well, I think one of the things we were touching on earlier is whether or not insurance covers for acupuncture treatments. Michelle, have you seen insurance coverage for acupuncture here in Hawaii? Um, I have never accepted insurance um, as a form of payment for my practice, so I'm not familiar with the specifics, but I do know that there are a few insurances that that cover acupuncture here. Um, They're limited. I know that they... Some of them only allow for a certain number of treatments or for certain conditions. Um, so it, it is covered under some, but it's it's limited in when it is. So um, I, I just haven't, I haven't gone that route at all. Now, I know for your clinic, you have a different payment model. It's, it's usually, it's based on a community clinic and then you have it discounted per se? Correct. So we have um, a community clinic. The Acupuncture Holly is a community clinic, um, and we offer treatments on a sliding scale from 20 to $40. So um, because um, acupuncture is so expensive, a lot of people aren't able to get it or are able to get the whole series of treatment that they need to get better. So we... Um, We've lowered the cost so that people can actually receive it, and really that that twenty dollars is the same as what somebody's copay would be. Um, so we, we've really worked to try to make it more accessible for for people. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to a rebroadcast from 2010, so we won't be taking any calls, but keep listening for some great information about acupuncture and how it may just improve your health. On the next Humankind, Martin Luther King's quest for peaceful social change. He understood, he he said, the temptation to violence. And I believe it. And he had to truly come to grips with that temptation and to overcome it. Next time on Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace.
you can perk up your travels when you visit coffee plantations around the world. In many countries, it's merely a crop. But in Ethiopia, it's part and parcel of the culture. And in England, you'll find that a good curry dish has become the national comfort food. I think, secretly, between you and me, that it's a reverse colonization. Get a taste of the world each week on Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday at 4 p.m., following Fresh Air. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care doctor. In the studio today, I'm joined by Michelle Fanslaw and Dave Atello, acupuncture practitioners here in Hawaii. If you have a question you'd like to ask or want to know if acupuncture might be for you, you can join us at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Before the break, we were talking about insurance coverage for acupuncture and whether or not that's covered. And Acupuncture Hale is a group that actually will provide some sliding scale treatments to help people to complete all of their treatments so that they can get better as quickly as possible. We have Wendy on the line. Wendy, welcome to The Body Show. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. I have a question about um, if the acupuncturists ever turn away patients that they think are... Um, have too many problems that they can't help. That's a really good. That's a really good question, Wendy. Um, Michelle, do you ever find somebody that you just can't help, and so you just tell them that they might need to find treatment modalities elsewhere? I actually have not done that, um, and I have definitely seen a lot of very complicated cases and people with serious problems, and I think that I often see. We ac- ac- people who practice acupuncture often see those kinds of things because some they're they're the people who often have problems and aren't getting results elsewhere in Western medicine and other things. So a lot of times we do see some of the people who have the the are more worse conditions and um, aren't getting results. So I I have not yet turned them away. Every once in a while, I recommend that they get checked out by a physician, um, but I, I have not turned them away. It's it's kind of a lot of times acupuncture is people's last resort, and, and they're, they're kind of hoping for something there. So we often see people with, with, with more complicated problems. Wendy, have you ever been turned away from an acupuncture practitioner? No, I'm just um, wondering because <laughs> I have a lot of problems, and I and I'm considering acupuncture, so I was, you know, just wanting to make sure that nobody will turn me away. <laughs> well, Wendy, I hope you don't have that happen. It sounds like we have some practitioners here who would suggest that there may be some things they could do to help you. So I do hope that you find a way to to help treat some of your symptoms. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for calling today, Wendy. If you have a question about whether or not acupuncture might be helpful, you can join us by calling at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Dave, if somebody wanted to know where they could go to find out who practices acupuncture in the state of Hawaii, where where's there, where could they look? Is there a place, a directory somewhere? Um, I would think the best place would be to go to NCCAOM, 
Um, they may have a list of practitioners per state. Um, my suggestion would be to find someone who's had it and get a referral. That way you kind of have a connection and kind of know that you're going to be seeing someone uh, that has some good skills. So NCCAOM, the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. Correct, yeah. But NCCAOM, they should be able to find that. Yeah, they have a list. If you go on the website and browse through, they'll have a list of practitioners in each state, which will be probably quite a long list. (laughs) Well, I hope so. Now, Michelle, you've been here in Hawaii for about eight years or so, Mm -hmm. and you've been practicing acupuncture for about how long? Oh, um, five? Yeah. About five years already. Now, you have this community-based clinic. It's a little different of a setup than what might pe- people might think of. Tell me about what a community-based clinic means. Right. Well, um, in, actually, in China, traditionally, acupuncture is, is performed in, in community settings like this. Um, it, there's... Uh, Several, I think about 175 now clinics on the mainland um, that are doing the community acupuncture. And uh, some folks in um, Portland um, first did did this business model, and all their patients loved it, and people were coming to them and saying, how can we um, offer this this type of service in our community? So they started a um, an organization called the Community Acupuncture Network, where practitioners can go and learn about community clinics and um, how to start one and open one and how to help make this medicine more accessible to people. Uh, so, you know, I, I did a, I did a lot of research with them and visited some of those clinics on the mainland and was really impressed and excited about offering the the community acupuncture. It it's um we we treat in a large room. We have several lazy boys in in a large room, and our patients love getting acupuncture in the lazy boys they're very comfortable um and we treat you know several people in an hour versus um the people that are charging the acupuncturists that charge 80 to 100 or even more you know treat that one person an hour uh so you know we we do our diagnosis and and um perform the acupuncture and then move on to the next patient so then by charging the 20 dollars for a treatment uh, we can we can do more than one in that hour and still make a living ourselves. Can people just walk in, or do you need an appointment? Um, an appointment is a good idea. <laughs> you're, you're welcome to walk in. There have been times where um, people call and say, can I walk in, and we are completely full. And I'm like, well, if you walked in right now, you could potentially sit for an hour. Um, so it is it is a good idea to, to make an appointment if you can. And if not, um, you can walk in and... Um, you know, walk-ins are welcome, but, you know, you, it's best to make an appointment. So. We have Matt on the line from Kula, Maui. Matt, welcome to The Body Show. Hey, aloha. Um, as a personal insight, I, I have had acupuncture for uh, my back, and it was, it was uh, between that and the, the exercises the doctor gave me. Um, you know, it, it really worked out well. Um but my wife has has a different story. She had some addiction problems. She had some uh, needles stuck in her ear. And I know that's a common um, technique for some addictions or whatever. But at, <clears throat> long story short, as a result of, of these uh, needles in her ear, um, she is currently deaf in her left ear now. Uh, I don't know if it was a 
if it was a uh, needle uh, sterilization issue or if it was misplaced wrong, but um, I just want to let your listeners know that there there is some hidden dangers um, with, with acupuncture in general. It, it, it can be a blessing and it can also be a curse. Well, Matt, I think you have a fairly strong opinion regarding your wife's experience. Hopefully that doesn't happen very commonly. Uh, Dave, do you see some people who have some adverse outcomes when they've had acupuncture? Have you seen that before? I've never seen anything like that, and it brings to mind the question of who and where was that performed. It seems pretty severe uh, reaction to a treatment, um, even an infection in the ear leading to uh, deafness. Is, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. Um, we actually are both trained in the detox protocol. That is a specialty of our clinic is to work with addiction in that population. We actually worked for the Salvation Army for a little while doing that treatment there. Treated thousands of people, no deafness, no infections. Um, if you're doing this on the beach, I guess, without proper equipment and without a proper medical office, I'm sure some things can occur, but... Uh, it's really an interesting case. Right on. Right on. I mean, I, I I totally understand. I mean, I've, I'm a big, a firm believer in acupuncture, and and um, but but my wife went, and it was probably five years ago, and it was on the mainland. Um, I was formerly in the Coast Guard, and I was stationed over in Boston, and she went to go see a uh, an acupuncturist as part of her of her treatment, and um, yeah, as a result of that, just death in the left ear. It was actually. Um, a inner ear infection that uh, we can't think of anything else that it came on besides acupuncture. So, well, I want you to to definitely have your wife, if she hasn't been checked out, make sure that uh, every possible avenue for treatment has been offered. Uh, Michelle, do you ever treat deafness in the ear with acupuncture? What about the opposite? If someone came in and had hearing problems, could that improve by doing acupuncture? I've never treated deafness, but I haven't ever had anybody come to me for that. I have had, um, we often treat ringing in the ears um, or infection, ringing in the ears, infection. Sometimes um, I have seen some people who've had like loss of hearing, so they're, they're not, not completely deaf, but we, we have treated some where um, the hearing is, has de- degenerated a little. Um, but I've never had many, somebody come to me who was deaf. Um, and the previous caller is interesting. Um, an inner ear infection, okay, that can cause deafness. I, I wonder how acupuncture, the, the, the needles that are used in the addiction protocol are all on the outside of the ear. Um, so I, 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 I'm kind of baffled how acupuncture can cause an inner ear infection. I'd be interested to hear more about that. Well, I want to thank you for calling in today, Matt, and telling us the story that both you and your wife have had, different stories regarding success and maybe a lack of success in uh, in their experiences with acupuncture treatments. Hard to know if the deafness was caused by that, but certainly I know you're concerned it was slightly more than a coincidence. If you've got a question about whether or not acupuncture could be good for you or what treatments that you might need, you can join our conversation at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. 
Michelle, do you ever treat yourself with acupuncture? And if you do, have you seen some success? Um, yes, I treat myself. And like as Dave said earlier, also, you know, it, it doesn't quite replace receiving a treatment from somebody else. But um, I have to keep myself healthy. And um, I was was very sick at a point in my life. And acupuncture was definitely a piece of what helped me get better. And um, yep, I treat myself. <laughs> I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show. In the studio today, I'm joined by two acupuncture practitioners, Michelle Fanslau and Dave Vitello. If you have a question, you can join us at 941-3689 on Oahu or toll-free 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Dave, are there certain things that you do at every visit as part of a treatment? Yeah, every visit will include a quick um, initial assessment by us, which will look at your tongue and pulse. Um, Tongue can give us indication of digestion and various things we kind of talked about before. Pulse can kind of give us a a sense of your nervous system and your stress levels and different uh, kind of Chinese medical terms. Um, We assess the pulse quality, um, not just the rate. Uh, So we'll do that every time. And then, you know, from there you'd receive your treatment, which can take probably half an hour, sometimes an hour. Does each treatment take about an hour, or would successive follow-up treatments take a little less time? No. Generally, after the needles are in, uh, a person will stay on the table or in the chair for probably, yeah, uh, 45 minutes, 40 minutes. So it's kind of encouraged them to kind of uh, take a break from their daily stressors, receive the treatment, and kind of relax, go into kind of relaxation mode. Uh, But generally, it's about an hour, maybe a little bit under. Clean needles, certified practitioners. Are there other concerns that you have about somebody who might be doing acupuncture without the same training as you've had, Michelle? Um, certainly. I think that, um, you know, in, in some states, uh, practitioners of other medicine can, you know, take a weekend workshop and and administer acupuncture to their patients. And um, you know, integrative medicine is, is kind of complicated in that, you know, it takes a long time to learn any type of medicine, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, whatever. It takes it takes a significant amount of time to, to really learn the system. So um, those states that allow um, other health practitioners to um, administer acupuncture after, after a weekend seminar, I think that they are able, um, if, if, they're, if they're trained and they're, they're doing it in a clean, safe way, I think that sometimes they are able to help with some pain and and minor issues, but there's no way you can understand the whole system and and the meridian system and the Chinese um, uh, theory in in that weekend. So I I always advise going to somebody that that has had the full four-year training. We just had a shy caller who wanted to know if acupuncture can be helpful for weight loss. Dave, would acupuncture help somebody who is trying to lose a few extra pounds? My response to that question is it can be an aid. Um, there's actually some points on the ear for uh, appetite suppression. There are some herbal formulas, which can also be used to stimulate digestion and also curb appetite. Um, it is a component to a larger program of correct diet and, and exercise and such as uh, things like that. But it can definitely aid. Uh, there is actually a study, if you kind of look on the Internet, 
there was a control of people doing diet and not receiving acupuncture and people receiving acupuncture and doing the diet and the the ones per, uh, getting acupuncture outperformed. So. so acupuncture could be helpful for weight loss as well. Well, Michelle, Dave, I want to thank you both for sharing your expertise today. Thanks for coming on to The Body Show. Thanks thank you, so Dr. Kruzak. Acupuncture, it's been used in other countries like China, Korea, and others for thousands of years. Although it's not taught in traditional medical schools, it can still be an alternative treatment for some of the most common medical problems that I see every day in my office. Here in Hawaii, we're at the crossroads of the East and are especially positioned to take advantage of the expertise of different disciplines, including acupuncture, from around the world. And as noted by our practitioners today, it doesn't hurt. If you want to consider looking for an acupuncturist, ask your friends, ask your doctor, and check online to see who's certified here in Hawaii to help you with your health concerns. If you'd like to hear this program again, please check out our podcast at www.hawaiipublicradio.org. Our engineer is Lillian Zong. Our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. See you next week on The Body Show. You've been listening to a rebroadcast about acupuncture from a show we first did in 2010. Join me next week on The Body Show. We're going to talk about what to do if your doctor tells you you need to exercise, but you have arthritis or your back hurts or you have diabetes or some other health condition that makes it a little more difficult to get the job done. We'll talk with Ironman athlete and certified personal trainer Casey Carlberg, and she's going to share with us her tips on how to exercise the most effectively, even when you have some health challenges, whether they be related to health conditions or mobility. She'll get us all up and moving. That's next Monday at 5, right here on The Body Show. Now stay tuned for Marketplace, coming up at 6 o'clock.